Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett, and today we've got a special guest, Nicole Holland. She's a podcaster. She has two podcasts, The Business Building Rockstar Show, and then Get Guest Ready. And this is going to be a, a really interesting show because we're going to get into how to leverage podcasting as a course creator and some surprising things you may not have known about podcasting and how approachable it might be for you to leverage for all kinds of benefits, building your network, getting new students, marketing and sales, and also just having fun and, and interacting with some great people. So Nicole, first, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. Can you tell us a little bit about your backstory? Just who are you? What'd you do? Where'd you come from? And tell us about your podcasts. Yeah, so that's a, a big question because uh, I'm no spring chicken. So I've uh, I've run the gamut of all different kinds of work. I've had different. I've had businesses. I've um, worked in corrections. I've been a foster parent. So all kinds of craziness. And what I've been doing for the last couple of years is working online as um, as a coach, a marketing strategist, and a course creator, basically, um, program creator, and content creator. So I've done a few different um, online digital products. I've done a few that are, uh, I've got a membership site. I've, I've done a few um, live delivered programs. And a podcaster, I became a podcaster really as a marketing strategy because I heard that it was a way to get in front of my target market and to enroll people into my programs and um, courses. And from that, I really fell in love with the platform to now I specifically focus and solely focus on helping people get booked on podcasts and coaching them around how to get the biggest bang for their buck when they are on other people's podcasts. That's really cool. Well, I can relate to your story. A lot of people are surprised when they find out I wasn't trained as a technologist or as an entrepreneur. I used to run sled dogs in Alaska for a long time. I've had many different lives, uh, but I appreciate that. Like a lot of that stuff from the uh, foster parent corrections, all these things like come together to make, the one and only you because there's only one you and uh you know diverse backgrounds breed for lots of interesting perspective and that's really awesome um tell tell us a little bit as a fellow course creator what's your what 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 kind of course creation have you done well i was really exploring like what what I loved and what would sell. And so I've had a lot of failed courses um, or courses that I would create. And then once I was done creating them, I was like, meh, like, I don't, I don't love this. I'm not super excited about it. Um, but one of my first courses was how to create an irresistible freebie. So lead magnets and um, really helping people understand the whole process of lead gen um, from, from a digital standpoint. Um, what else I did? Oh, I've done, uh, I did a free course as a lead magnet, um, which was a, uh, book study of sorts of think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. So really mindset focused. Um, I've done a couple mindset courses. Um, yeah. And again, now I'm really focused on podcast guesting. So I have a free e-course, I've got a membership group and I've got an intensive, uh, higher level group program that all are about podcast guesting, how to leverage the medium for your benefit to sell courses at the end of the day. That's awesome. 
Uh, I love the journey and um, I love like what I would call micro niches or whatever. How did you get not just to podcasting, but guests, get guest podcasting? Like how did you discover a passion or a market or whatever around that specific niche? Yeah, I think it's because um, I just, we each have our own standards, right? And we each know what's important to us. And as I became a podcaster, you know, whenever we start something new, we've got that like conscious and competent mind, right? It's like, we know that we don't know. Before I became a podcaster, I was unconsciously incompetent. I didn't know the first thing about podcasting, but then I became aware this could be a really good marketing strategy. So now I'm going to learn how to be a podcaster. And so I got all the fundamentals down. And then as I was a podcaster, I started noticing how to get better or what I didn't like. So how to get better audio quality, how to, um, you know, systematize my process to make it faster and simpler and easier. And also I got to know my audience. I got to know what they wanted what they didn't want. Um, And I started really getting a feel for what kind of guests I enjoyed having and which kinds I didn't. And what I found was that um, just because somebody had tons of accolades or, you know, were, were doing their thing for years and they were very, very well respected in their field did not necessarily make them a great guest. And I also noticed that people, some people what were, around for a while, but some were very new and they were fantastic guests. And so I started asking myself, what's the difference between somebody who is a great guest and somebody who is a not great guest? And what's my experience with that? And then, okay, now I'm seeing these different traits and um, behaviors. How do I integrate that as a guest? So, and if I do these different things, what are the results that are going to come from that? And so as a guest, I was basically being my own guinea pig and trying out different strategies. And then I would see what would happen from those experiences. And then I would tell my colleagues of the other podcasters, I would tell my friends, I would tell guests. And I just really was about teaching how to up your game all the time, up level, up level. And I was asked, like, I was told, hey, you need to share this information. You need to share this information. And I'm like, eh, Okay, you know, I'm really focused on my summits. I, I did a, I launched my business with um, what I call the Business Building Rockstar Summit, where I was really a trusted resource bringing together and interviewing experts in different marketing strategies. And I'm like, I'm really focused on that. I'm really focused on this and eh, but I'll do it on the side. And then as people were like, I want more, I want more, I'm like, okay, cool. So I was teaching it more. I wound up doing a beta launch of a program that I called Interviews That Convert, where I really taught like everything I could about how to be a great guest and conversion and all that stuff. Um, And then from there, I I kept having people ask me to do more for them. And finally, I said yes. So then I started offering a VIP level done for you service. And then from there, um, you know, I started offering a mid-level and a a free podcast all about it and a free e-course all about it. And so um, that's really been the the journey of how I did micro niche. And I didn't expect to, I never ever in a million years would have expected um, to be where I am today and to be loving it so much, having so much fun and like my clients getting enormous results that they didn't even understand were possible 
because I found something I cared about just through my own, as a podcaster, I wanted to improve my own uh, podcast and my own life. That's awesome. Well, Nicole, I just want to honor you as an entrepreneur and just uh, the things that you just said there are classic entrepreneur behavior. You were spotting value. You had pattern recognition. Um, you were a system builder and you, you help other people. So like you had, I mean, you just put it all together. It was, as you told your story, I'm like, yep. And success is inevitable here. Cause, uh, and, and you know, things shift as you go. And, you know, like you said, people kept asking you for, for help with that. And it started out with interviews that convert and just kept evolving and still evolving. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. Well, for the, for the course creators out there, what are some strategies or what do they need to start thinking about for using leveraging podcasts as a way to, you know, build their network, get more students, develop high value relationships? Like what are the strategies and why should they not be scared of it? I mean, anybody can blog, but I know a lot of people like, oh, podcasting, that's complicated. So what's, well, how, talk to those points. Yeah, I'm going to argue with you right up front because while you say anybody could blog, that is like the bane of my existence. And I have, I am, I may be a decent writer, but for me to write a blog post, it will take me 10 to 20 hours. And yeah. I can't sustainably do that. Whereas I can come here, hang out, hang out with you for an hour. For me, that's fun. That's easy. And it's done. Right. right. And so I think the key here is, first of all, as a course creator, you have to know where your gifts lie. If you are able to articulate your value and you're able to give value and you actually enjoy it via speaking, then podcast guesting can be amazing. But if you're the kind of person where you don't want to talk to anybody and you would rather write, then podcast guesting probably isn't for you. So first and foremost, I want to say as a course creator, move towards your strengths, wherever you're going to market. Don't do something because it's the hot thing. You know, some people love Facebook live and love Periscope and Snapchat and all those things. And some people have no interest in those things. So that's first and foremost. And if you want to leverage podcast guesting, um, it's, I, I, I forget exactly your question because I'm like, I'm going to argue. Um, but the thing is, is don't go into it to sell and to enroll students in your course. You have to go into it to build relationships. So, so what's it, my, my, my question was just the strategy. So what is the relationship strategy? Absolutely. So you're building relationships first and foremost with the host. And I'll talk about that in just a second about why that matters. And secondly, you're building relationships with the listeners. And so it's an opportunity to be, first of all, you're able to be positioned by the host as an expert. Secondly, you're able to speak right into people's ears um, and they get to know you. And so the next step would be to continue that relationship with them and give them an opportunity to see more of your value outside of that podcast and where you're really um, the star of the show rather than the supporting act. And then you can sell them. You can get in, you know, you can get them into your indoctrination series or whatever it is you have set up to move that lead to a sale. Um, but don't go in there to sell. Go in there to build relationships. Now with the host, you have a great opportunity because they might, 
they might be interested in buying what you have, but they also might be interested in referring you to other people. They might be interested in becoming an affiliate for you. If they, if you're doing your homework right up front and you're only getting on shows that are the right audience for you and the right fit, then there's a really good chance that that host would be interested in a potential joint venture partnership where they promote your program and they get um, recurring revenue from that. That's very, very common when you are on the right shows. So if I'm researching and I'm going to implement a relationship building strategy for my course, let's say I'm, I'm doing some kind of uh, uh, like fitness course, what would I do? Like what, what kind of shows should I look for? Yeah, so that's a great question. And what you what most people would probably tell you was look for fitness related shows, right? That's the that's the initial um, gut reaction and what's expected. And what I teach is a little bit different. I teach that it doesn't matter what your industry is as much as it does who your student is, who your ideal student is. And they're complete people, right? They're live in, you know, 3D and they have complete lives. And so if you can really dig into who they are rather than what you sell, um, obviously the transformation that you offer through your program has to be of value to a particular person. And when you can identify who that person is, you know, is it, uh, you know, a 20 something uh, millennial exec male, right? With no kids, no no spouse, no nothing. Or is it a 30-something-year-old mother um, who's stay-at-home? Or Everybody is going to be um, sold to differently. So when you know who your ideal student is very clearly, then you can figure out what are they listening to. And they're not always going to be listening to the fitness show. They might be listening to, like if it's a mom of teen girls, she might be listening to parenting shows for parents of teen girls, right? And dealing with those emotional things and uh, depression and SATs and all that stuff. So if you can find a way of seeing yourself to be of value to that demographic as you, so for example... If you are a mom of teenage girls, then you may be able to tap into that audience that the host has, knowing that you can provide the value the host is looking for, the listeners are looking for, and oh, by the way, this is what you do. So then you can develop a relationship and be seen as somebody that's relatable, that's trustworthy, that is enjoyable, and oh, by the way, you also solve another problem they have that they're not tuning in for. And I'm not sure if that was just too much information at once because it is kind of complex, but think about this. When you go on a show, at the top of the show and at the end of the show is generally about you as the guest. Who are you? What do you do? How do you help? Great, so you start at the beginning, you end with that. In the middle, it's all about whatever the host wants to talk about. It's all about the value that the audience is listening for. And so, again, you're looking for those relationships where you can be seen as somebody of value, trustworthy, and, oh, by the way, this is what you do. People will remember you that way rather than if you're going on a show 
you may or may not have results. I mean, I wouldn't say don't go on shows that are fitness related, but also open your mind to these other shows. Because if you're going on a show that's fitness related, then you're just of one of many, many, many guests who's all talking about the same thing, who's all pushing similar services. Whereas when you're outside and you're just being complete, a, a whole person, you're going to find those people who are going to resonate very strongly with you. That's awesome. And just to piggyback on that, uh, the advice for anybody listening, if you're also creating a fitness course, is you really need to niche. So if your niche is uh, empty nest moms, uh, they're going to be listening to some other shows or maybe they're trying to, maybe there's a show about uh, relationships as you get older and your kids are no longer in the house and rekindling stuff or, you know, fitness after 50 or whatever. There's all kinds of places. Like you mentioned that three dimensional person, if you know them well, you, you can find out all these other parallel interests that they have and tend to have in common with other people like them. I really love that point. Thank you. And I will say too, it's when you can go to a host with a fresh perspective and a, a fresh story, not the same thing that everybody else is coming to them with, you have a much better chance of building that rapport and getting the yes to be on the show. Because again, if everybody, or if you're going on a show for moms of teenage girls about how to um, deal with those troublesome years or challenging years or whatever, Probably a lot of people coming to that host are, you know, therapists or professionals who are in the field that teach about this thing and are coming from that clinical standpoint. But if you can go and say, hey, you know, I am an entrepreneur, I'm a course creator, and I can speak to how to get through these times as you're trying to build your business or as you're serving your clients or as you're doing this. And this is why I'm passionate about it. And this is what I love about your show. And this is what I'd love to to bring because I really think it'd be a lot of fun and we'd have a great conversation. What do you think? whoa, right? Like that's way more exciting and enticing than saying, hi, this is what I specialize in. And I would like to be on your show just like everybody else wants to be on your show to talk about the same thing. That's awesome. Well, let's dig in a little bit around that affiliate strategy because I get a lot of people, uh, a lot of people building courses, maybe they're trained as teachers or they're experts and they finally got the course launched and they're starting, they may not have a lot of training in marketing or internet marketing. They know what affiliate marketing is. I hear the question a lot, how do I recruit super affiliates or how do I find good affiliates for my course or my, my membership site? What, tell us a little bit more about like, if you are advising the, uh, some, a course creator to, to do affiliate recruitment through podcasting, what would you tell them to do and not to do? Great question. And it's going to be the the answer that I give for everything just about, which is build the relationship. I can't stand when people are coming at me telling me about the great opportunity they have for me to be an affiliate for them. Like, I don't feel like they care about me. I don't feel like they know what my motivations are because if they did, they never would come at me that way. So what I recommend to my clients is have that affiliate uh, program in place and that possibility to have them as an affiliate, but don't come at them about being an affiliate. You first have the call. You first do the interview. And if you feel, wow, this was really great. And I'd love to um, see if they're interested because 
I just impressed the host and the host impressed me and we just had great fun. I want to talk to them again. And I believe that their audience could really benefit from my program. Then you get to say, hey, you know what? Would you be interested in this? So for example, let's role play that out, Chris, because I have decided to set up a page. This is one of the strategies I share with my clients. I'm going to set up a special opt-in page just for your listeners, right? And with that, what I would say to you at the end, which we'll do right now, (laughs) um, would be, hey, is it okay if I create an affiliate account for you so that if anybody from your audience decides that they'd like to get my free gift, that they'll actually get tracked? And I have a six-month cookie on that, which means that if anybody becomes a customer or client, then I will be able to pay you a referral fee. How does that sound to you? Sounds great. (laughs) Like who would say no to that, right? There's nothing that you have to do for me. There's nothing that it's, I'm just asking you, like, you know, I think your audience will find value in this and if they do. And so there's, there's, I'm not asking you for anything. It's an easy yes. And it's a completely different place than if I come to you and say, Hey, Chris, um, can you offer my, you know, it's, it's just, it's just different. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I've seen that and as somebody who's been around affiliate marketing for a little bit, that uh, when you make it easy and there's a relationship first, it's just it's just how it goes. It's all about the win, 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 triple win, everybody wins, and uh, making it easy on affiliates and, and then, uh, forming these partnerships. And I want to follow up with that, that once you say yes – Awesome. And then if I want to come back to you and say, hey, Chris, you know, um, would you like, I mean, totally not necessary, but if you think that what I have is a value, I'd be happy to give you like a little uh, banner to put on your website. I can make something custom for you if that's of interest to you. What do you say? Right. And then maybe, oh, and you know what? And, and if they're getting excited and they're like, yes, because a lot of podcast hosts are not monetizing. And then a lot of podcast hosts don't understand affiliate marketing, but they want to monetize. So they're getting, uh, you know, they're, they're getting their affiliate tracking thing from Audible and from all over the place, but they're not making any money. So, you know, by being able to make it really easy and to say, is that interesting? Like totally not necessary, but if you want to do that, if they're into you and they're enjoying your time and they believe that what you have is a value, it's, there's a good chance that if they do, if they're willing to put something on their site, they'd be like, yeah. Another idea is, hey, you know what? I don't know if this is of interest to you, but some of my partners um, actually do ad spots. So I don't pay for advertising, but what it would be would be a revenue split, right? So if you're interested in promoting my program, my course, on your site, I mean, on your podcast, then we can definitely talk about that. I can give you some swipe copy. I can give you um, whatever, and and you can really make it your own, and then you'll receive that commission on any sales. How does that sound, right? So you're just listening to them, and you're building that relationship and giving them opportunities rather than going in with this proposal of, here's what you can do to make money. You know? Right. Well, what a, what is a good funnel design is this, this is kind of like funnel marketing funnel design let's say your course creator how does the podcast fit into it we talked about that like affiliate part but is there anything else like related to designing a marketing funnel where the podcast sits into it yeah definitely so you're um i mean everybody is different in what they recommend for how to you know get those leads in um 
but when you have your funnel set up and you have an opt-in form, right, or, you know, free chapter or, or whatever, you know, a free module, whatever it is that you have already established as your funnel to get people in, um, I do recommend making a new page for every show you go on. And there's a few reasons for that. Number one, you can track. You can take a look and see, okay, so I thought that this would be a good audience for me. Is that true? Are they converting? You know, oh, this is a huge show. And this is something that, um, that my clients get very surprised about, which is that oftentimes, you know, people be like, oh, I want to be on this show because it's the biggest show. But that's not always the show that's going to get the most um, opt-ins, right? Whereas you could go on a show where the, uh, the host just loves you and you're just hitting home and those people can't wait to get more from you. So you get to track and look at that when you have a new page for each show that you do. Another thing is then you can optimize that page for the audience by saying something like, welcome um, LMS cast listeners, you know, or hey, you know, in the copy, or you can even make a video and say, during this interview with my pal, Chris, you know, we talked about this and I wanted to make sure that you had this tool so that you could take it to the next level, right? So you can actually customize that page based on your actual interview. Another thing you can do is make sure that no matter where people, like a lot of times hosts will say, okay, how, you know, at the end, how can people connect with you? And guests will say everything from here's my website, here's my social media, here's my freebie, here's my book, here's my this, here's my that, here's my phone number. And, yeah. and people, it, it just, so if you have one page and it's a custom page with an easy to remember URL, then you can continue to direct them there. And no matter what the host asks you, you can tell them that same URL. So, okay, Nicole, uh, great. So if my audience wants to connect with you on social media, which social channels do you use? Oh, awesome. You know, I love Twitter and Facebook and I'm starting to get into Instagram. Oh, cool. So what are your handles? Where will they find you? You know what? It's so hard to, to remember everything. So I just put everything in one page. And so if you go to this page, boom, it's all there. So I have um, to ask you, I'll ask you again at the end, but if people listening want to connect with you, where can they find you? <laughs> it's interviewsthatconvert.com forward slash lifter LMS. Awesome. Um, yeah. And so what I do is you'll see if you go to that page all the way at the bottom, there's um, in the footer, my email, my Twitter, my Instagram, and so on. So that I'm always just directing people to that one page. Again, it's tracking to see, um, you know, is this a right fit? It's also about making them feel um, valued, the, the, the audience, because it's specific to them. It's also about making sure they're taking the action that I want, which is that page. And then it also, a lot of times hosts will say, that's so cool. Nobody's ever done that before. Or, you know, if somebody has, it's very, very uncommon. So the host feels really valued too, that you would spend that extra time to make the page. And gripes that I'll hear from people who are trying to leverage podcast guesting, but very ineffectively is they'll be like, I don't have the time, you know, I'm busy. I don't have the that's cool. Then you don't deserve the leads, you know, right, like, right. so yeah, those are some of the, the ways. And at the end of the day though, you want to give value to get them into your funnel 
And podcast guesting, if you deliver value on the podcast that the audience is listening for, that it's who wouldn't say yes to getting something that they already want from you. That's awesome. That's really, really good advice. I really appreciate that. I, I kind of want to get into a problem that we see in the industry of online course creation and building membership sites, which is that uh, you could say, and I don't mean this is always the case, but a lot of times people do things backwards where um, they, they, uh, they buy LMS or membership site or online course software or buy a hosted solution. And then they, um, then they, they figure out the, um, what, what, what am I going to teach? What am I going to, what's my content going to be? And then they, then they go figure out how to build community and, and do marketing. Um, it can be a lot easier from what I've seen in my experience. If you build community first, figure out what you're good at and what you should teach, and then, you know, make your learning method or your learning content. And then you go by, you can wrap it in some technology. And then the marketing is a lot easier because you've already got, you know, your course is ready to roll and you're, you have a community base to start from. So let's assume that somebody is kind of in the early days I'm an expert at some kind of uh, uh, dance and I, I want to build a community. I'm just making this up like a tap dancing community. Like what, if I want to approach podcasting, I'm an expert at tapping, tapping in my tap shoes. I'm not a technologist. How do I get going with podcasting? I heard Chris on the podcast. I want to do it the right way. I want to start with community before I go shopping for software. What do I do? Definitely. And that's a great, I, I love that you're asking this because it is, it's, it's most people do do it backwards. Um, so, and, and I did it backwards. So I'm guilty too. I'm not passing judgment yeah. <laughs> on anybody listening. Yeah. In fact, my membership group consists of a bunch of like resources that are old courses that I made that made no money because I might sell it like once or twice and I'm like, man, eh, then I'm moving on to something else. So, right. um, what I love right now that's working for a lot of people as we're recording is Facebook groups and Facebook live and being able to really deliver value inside of a private group that's free. And so, and this is one of the things that I advise uh, my clients who are in my group too, that we deal with more than just um, podcast guesting, but marketing in general. And so they'll say, well, I want to do exactly as you just said. Said, let's vet that first. You know, go find people that actually care to listen to you, that people want to listen to you, get them into a space where they are listening to you and you're giving them value and they trust you. And then you can even ask them, hey guys, you know, I, I'd love to make a, a course or have a group to go through a program about how to, I'm not a tap dancer, but how <laughs> to, um, you know, jump and tap your feet at the same time or whatever, right? How to take that next step, how to, how to get started with tap dancing, whatever it is. And you ask them and they will tell you if there is an interest or not. And then you pre-sell it and say, okay, cool. So if I create this, how many people are ready to buy at this price, this beta price, this, you know, and then you get the money and then you can create it. So the, the value there for 
podcasting before you create something is when you know what you're an expert at and you know who you are holistically and how you can give value and where you can give value and how you can connect. Because really, podcast interviews, for the most part, are conversations. Yes, there are a lot of shows that are very like, um, and when I'm talking about most, I'm talking interview shows, right? I'm not talking about the solo shows, but there are a lot of interview shows that are very, very structured and it's like a Q&A and it's the same thing every time. But I, the majority of what I'm hearing and what I'm finding people want in the, in the space is these kinds of conversations like we're having right now that are more fluid and um, that aren't all, uh, you know, talking points. So when you find those right shows and you're able to add value, then the people want more from you will go into this membership or this Facebook group, this free space, right? Or you can do a member, you can use a membership site to do it, whatever you want to do, but where you're nurturing them, giving value, and then um, they're paying you to actually create the course. Is that what you were asking or did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good stuff. And um, I was just at a conference recently and I ran in. Some people came up to me. I had, I didn't did not recognize them, and they, they knew me from my Facebook group and also from the podcast. So you get that little like celebrity thing. I'm like, they're like, oh my god, I've been listening to you for a while or whatever. And I'm like, let's let's go to lunch. I'd love to take you guys out to lunch and whatever. But it's um it's amazing how powerful that stuff can be, and we forget that uh, the internet. You know, if you have like a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand people in a Facebook group whatever. That's a lot of people. And those are real human beings that, you know, you're connecting with. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you mentioned the interview versus the solo show. And I've kind of done it all. Like I've, uh, when I started LMS cast, I used to do a lot of shows with one of my business partners. And then um, I did for a while, I did a lot of solo shows. And then I knew I wanted to eventually start doing a lot of interviews, you know, and get bringing in knowledge and wisdom outside the tent, so to speak. Um, what, like, what, what do you, when does one make sense or like, what should, you know, should I maybe have just started with interviews and just gone straight to that? Or, or what are some, you know, what makes a great solo show? When should you go solo? Like, what, what's your thoughts? So, yeah. My thoughts are, this is a whole other can of worms. I'd love to come back and chat about podcasting as a medium. Yeah. Um, and I can give you some thoughts on that, but I just want to really clarify that if your course creators want to use podcast guesting, the beauty in that is you don't have to actually figure that out. Do I do a solo show? Do I do an interview right. show? Do I do a mix? You don't have to cultivate the audience. You don't have to, you know, invest in the resources and the hosting and do all of that. You get to go into somebody else's space if it's an interview show right. and leverage their audience. Um, which is a lot, lot, lot easier. And super and powerful. Like so their, powerful. their email list or their influence. It's amazing. It's really yeah. amazing. And, and I want to just stress here that one mistake that a lot of people make, it's amazing how many people make this mistake, is um, that they contact when they're wanting to use podcast guesting, they do it the wrong way, in my opinion, and they will contact just anybody if it's in their niche. And, and a lot of solo show hosts get pitched 
get cold pitched by people wanting to be on their show. But they don't so, have guests. <laughs> right. So right. when you decide you want to leverage podcast guesting, make sure you're only reaching out to people with interview shows and make sure you're a right fit before you reach out. And I definitely go into detail in all of that um, in my podcast, Get Guest Ready, in the Get Guest Ready School, which is the free e-course and all that is at interviewsthatconvert.com forward slash lifter LMS. But to come back to your question really briefly, um, it really just depends on what your personal goals are, your, your mark, your, um, your podcasting strategy. And there are a million right answers. So it's really hard just to say what, but I can't say you should or should have done anything differently. It's perfect as it is for me personally. I started with an interview show and I was producing three interviews a week on my podcast. It's called the Business Building Rockstar Show. And my audience was telling me they wanted more of me. So I was doing the interviews, plus I was trying, but very, very inconsistent at doing solo shows. And those solo shows were getting more downloads than any of my most famous um, guests. And so with that feedback, with those numbers to look at, again, an important reason for tracking um, and, and just getting messages from my community, I decided to go down to one interview a week one solo show about the very thing a lot of people come to me with questions about, which is technology. So I do one interview show a week with an entrepreneur about their story. I do one solo tech tip. It's Tech Tip Tuesday, and it's like a really quick little um, just, uh, hey, here's something that I'm using that's working for me. Um, and that's it. Now, I want to also do like an audio blog, but again, it's inconsistent because I just don't have the time. But when you decide your podcasting strategy, one thing to keep in mind is that fluidity is perfect, right? So great. You started one way, you morphed a little bit, and it'll probably morph again. What I see a lot of podcasters do that I think is a mistake, not for all of them, but in general is a mistake, is they spend the time, energy, and resources to get a podcast up and going. And then they say, oh, well, I don't want to do this. It's just like courses, right? I don't yeah. want to do this anymore. I want to do something totally different. So I'm going to just stop doing this one. I'm going to start a new one. You don't have to go through recreating the wheel every time. You can morph. And it took me a good year or so to figure this out. Um, so now the membership community that I started under the Business Building Rockstars initiative, right? So this general marketing, I've kept that community a couple of people have left because I said, hey, here's my focus now. As the creator and as the leader, my focus is podcast guesting. You can still bring your questions to the table, but this is what my intention is now. Most of the people are still in there, right? And my podcast, again, it was all interview at the beginning. Then it became, um, you know, a balance. So just be really willing to to morph and fl be fluid and, and shift. I have a colleague who completely changed her, uh, her branding, changed the name of her show, changed everything, um, even the, the structure of it, but she didn't like get rid of the podcast she already created. She just modified and allowed that audience to, to shift with her. That's awesome. That's really good. Well, if I'm a course creator and I'm, I want to do this community building thing and I'm going to 
learn from you and, you know, think in advance about my, you know, designing my funnel, where I'm going to send people as a, after I become a guest on this show in a way that makes sense and have a, a marketing funnel that adds value and helps me leverage other people's audience while building value and building quality relationships. Could you give us like three to five do and or not do or mixed like the, the top tips if I want to, you know, I'm not ready to start my own podcast. I want to do guest podcasting. What are some high level tips or things to avoid? So before you start reaching out to anybody, make sure you have your stuff together. That includes your technology. So you make sure you have an appropriate, you can see uh, Chris and I are both using um, the ATR 2100. I think that's what you're using, right? Um, Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know, 70 bucks, but there's things that are, um, you can get a Logitech ClearChat headset for probably under 30, depending on the day on Amazon. Um, You can see Chris and I both have earbuds in, even though we're talking into our mics. And that's so that there's no echo. It's to improve the audio quality. You need to have these things. If you're but that's basic to, stuff. It's not that's basic science. stuff that yeah. most people don't care about. Most guests or most people who start guesting, I should say, um, don't think that that is important. And so they'll show up with their Apple earbuds and then you hear <laughs> as the mic, it, right? Yeah. Or and, and a lot of hosts don't mind that because they say, oh, that's okay. You can just use that. So the the guest believes that they can and then we'll try and go on somebody else's show that says, hey, I care about my audio quality. And they say, but I use this everywhere and this is fine. Don't ever do that. If you're going to go on somebody's show, it's their show. It's like walking into somebody's house that doesn't wear shoes in the house and deciding you are going to walk with shoes because that's how you do. It's just rude and you're not going to be welcome back. Um, So you make sure you have those uh, technical things in place. Make sure that you have thought out um, everything that the host could potentially need from you. Um, And I do give a template away for that in Get Guest Ready School. So I call it a host prep sheet. And it's got everything from my websites, my social media links. It's got my bio. It's got um, uh, my just like blanked out but it's oh skype id it's got my phone number so you're anticipating all these problems and it's like yeah just just like the affiliate thing just i'm anticipating questions right so and also on there it's got potential questions so um personally as a podcast host i don't need anybody else to give me questions however there's a lot of podcasters who do want questions because they are they just have a different way that they do things. So I make sure that I cover as many bases as possible, giving them more than they need so they don't have to ask me for anything. Oh, links to pictures, stuff like that. Um, so having that in order is great too. And also having a place where I, I call it a guest profile page where somebody can go to that page see information about me links directly to all of my um all of my social and everything and just get a feel for my personality overall check out some um, podcast interviews i've already done it makes it really easy to vet me so when a uh when a host says yes to taking a look at me right because they're not just going to necessarily say if they don't know who you are they're not going to say yes to you right away you ask them um 
if they're interested in guests and, you know, if they, but then they have to check out and see if they want you. And at that point, that's where I like to send them to one page that's already pre-done. It shows that I'm a professional. It gives them everything they would need to vet me, makes it easy for them to say yes and take that next step. So make sure you have all of your resources in place from technical to um, promotional to uh, the, the support uh, for the host. Um, another thing that's, it's not a necessity, but I like to recommend is that some hosts don't have a proper scheduling system. And so if they don't, you're going to go back and forth with them or their assistant a few times to find a time. And then you're going to go back and forth to get the information and all that. So what I like to do is I use acuity scheduling. I love acuity scheduling. Um, and I set up a podcasters interview with me. And so in that, I give them appointment times that I'm available and I give them a questionnaire to fill out, which is, you know, the link to your show. How much time is, are you going to need? Is this a video or an audio? Um, how are we connecting? Is it Zoom? Is it Skype? Is it Zencaster? Is it Hangouts? Like all these different options. So I anticipate all the questions I'll have. I get the information from them up front and allow them to book a time that's convenient for me rather than me having to go and um, go back and forth with them. And then that's just a waste of time. So most hosts do have a booking system, which I'm happy to follow. But if they don't, I like to be able to give them this opportunity. Um, don't just cold pitch. Make sure you know who you're contacting. Make sure you listen to the show before you go on. Um, give them a five-star rating and review because if you don't think they're five-star worthy, you shouldn't be going on their show. Um, I don't know. It's a bunch. Is there any, anything else? Did I answer your question? <laughs> that was five. That was five. That was okay. good. Um, I love that. And uh, when I, I get pitched all the time for guest posting, blogging, and I can tell right away when looking at it, like they don't even know. I, this is just like a mass email. They, they haven't listened or they haven't read the blog or whatever it is. And, but when it's personal, like, Hey, I was, you know, I read your post about this. I learned this, this is what I'm doing. I think we share the same thing. I mean, it's totally different experience. So it's not a volume game is uh that's, that's a really good insight. Well, Nicole, I think a lot of people are selfish and lazy. Yeah. And I think that's something to look at um, because the people who are struggling will continue to struggle because their perspective is I don't have time to do all that research. If it, it's going to take me way too long, I would rather send out 10 cold messages in the time it would take me to investigate one. And um, so I'll just, you know, it's a numbers game, volume game. That is not something that is going to get you very far because especially in podcasting, it's a tight knit community. And if you have, this is another benefit we didn't talk about earlier, but if a host has a good experience with you, it is very um, easy then to say, Hey, I, you know, I had so much fun and I hope you did too. And I hope your audience gets value. Do you know anybody else who might find me to be a value on their show? We know each other guys. So it's, and this is actually how, I mean, all I was doing initially was connecting my guests that I thought were good to other podcasters. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I built this huge network really, really fast. People know me and they also know that I will send them good guests. So when I ask them to take a look at somebody that holds a lot of weight. So by, you know, there's just so many things you can, you can get out of one interview. Um, so put in the time and make sure that you're 
that you're that you care about the host, that you value them and that you want to add value to them. And it's going to pay off exponentially. That's awesome. Well, to the listener out there, before you go sinking all your money into Facebook ads to your course and, uh, you know, double down on that as a marketing strategy, what if you just got guest ready for one well-placed uh, podcast uh, podcaster who has an audience that would be a perfect fit for your course? You can do that. You don't have to start a podcast. Uh, Nicole, I really want to honor you and thank you for coming on the show. I feel like you shared a, a volume of information here and wisdom around podcasting and guest podcasting and, and, and helping the course creators out, out there. So thank you for coming on the show. It, where can people go again if they want to see what you're up to and find out more detail about what you've got going on? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for asking. And uh, before I say, I just want to honor you and appreciate you for having me here for asking questions that really matter. This is a great interview and you know, it isn't always. So um, I want to honor you for being able to pull that value out of this interview and thank your listeners for being here and also taking action on this. And so if you go to interviews that convert.com forward slash LMS lifter, right? Is that what we said? No, no lifter LMS. Oh my God, Chris. It's ah! all right. P people say it backwards all the time. It's just, <laughs> I think it's because of the L's. <laughs> lifter LMS. So interviews.convert.com forward slash lifter LMS. Then um, you can just opt in for the school right from there. It is free. You can get the podcast for free there. Um, and that would be the next logical step. And if you are interested in more, I mean, I do have higher level services. So just shoot me a message again, interviewsthatconvert.com forward slash lifter LMS. My email's at the bottom of the page. Shoot me a message. Tell me um, that you'd like to have a conversation. We'll hop on the phone and figure out how I can support you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming, Nicole. Thank you.